Evan the Biz is an entrepreneur in every sense of the word. He is a natural-born hustler. From selling sandals to flipping real estate, he has a wealth of business expertise. This episode, Evan teaches us about having a business mindset, how to find business ideas, and how adaptability as well as attention to detail is a must in entrepreneurship. So yeah, I mean, I've been flipping everything since, I, I can't imagine, you know, since I was single digit, you know, since I was seven years old, I've been selling something, you know, if it wasn't candy bars, it was newspapers, if it wasn't newspapers, it was video, CDs, DVDs, the cars, houses, businesses, just anything. You, just, you keep growing. You keep growing. Yeah. Fair enough. So why? Like, as in, what, what was the kind of environment you were in where you kind of just was always hustling? Is it just something that was in you? Is it like you grew up in like a, a like a rough place where you kind of had to like make money for yourself type thing? Yeah, we were broke. You know, it was just my mom and, and pretty much my sister at the time. And we didn't have any money. And uh, I was a I was a husky kid. So I'd like to eat. And I was like, there's just not enough food. And literally, when there's, to me, there's not enough food on the table. And I wouldn't dare ask my mother for, for money. I knew she was broke and she was struggling and working hard. So I just went out there, made my own money. I f- ate what I wanted, fed my friends, and then some. And that's where, you know, it started for the need. And then it became something uh, I was good at. And that just, you know, kept going through my life. Okay. So talk me through your first... Well, actually, no, let's not say the first thing you flipped. Talk me through your first house flip then. I'm assuming that was something that was more exciting and probably like a, a bigger deal. So where did you get the first bits of money to kind of put money down on a house? And, and what did you do to that house to flip it and make money? I would say the first flip, I had to go out of state. And that's what you got to do. If you can't afford, you know, real estate in your own town, that in my town is New York. So nothing, you know, nothing was under really a few hundred grand even in the suburbs. Um, so I went to a nearby state and I just did a, did my own diligence. Uh, I really, you know, I, even though I was a technically a licensed realtor at the time, I think I was, you know, it was early twenties. I still, you know, did my, I just looked around at comps. I was just, I'm just logical to the utmost. I use the utmost common sense. What are other things selling in the area for that looks like that property? And find the best deal. And I was patient. I didn't just jump at. I wasn't desperate. Uh, the money I got, I think, from for that first house was from flipping cars. I was flipping used cars, you know, just buying them, fixing them, flipping them, and a bunch of other hustles. I, I mean, I don't know. I think there was like a container of sandals I bought at fifty cents each sandal, and I went around to all the ninety-nine cent stores, and then I turned a few grand into like 10 grand. So this is, you know, this is my process is just be op- opportunistic. Keep your eyes open. I always networked and everyone knew me as just being really, you know, clever in any business. They'd always come to me like, "Hey, there's an opportunity." So obviously I'd lose I failed a plenty, you know, plenty of times, especially yeah. when someone else it was in someone else's deal. Yeah. Uh but thank God I won more than I failed and through failing I, I learned a whole lot more than uh, winning actually. So the college of, of failing just made me a real resilient and a smarter investor and entrepreneur. Yeah. So I would say I'm assuming your whole life then you've never actually had to like 
work for somebody else or had like an office job because you're just constantly on this this grind of like I'm doing stuff for myself. I can always make money here, there, and everywhere and piece it together type thing. Exactly. Uh, I actually purposely worked for uh, quite a few like regular jobs just out of the curiosity to learn the business. So I inserted myself. I, I to me it was more like undercover. It was like recon. Uh, I learned how to run a restaurant. You know, I'd worked there for a couple of weeks to learn the ins and outs. Um, retail, even as ugly as retail, I worked there. Uh, you know, to learn how customers behave and how products are sold. Mm. Um, I've I pretty much worked in, in almost every environment, but very short time, yeah. a week, a day, enough long enough for me to really understand it, so I can use that knowledge uh, for the future. Which, thankfully, I was able to use in in a multitude of businesses. Yeah. So okay, looking looking back at you know you've you've done a whole bunch of flips. You've you know made one grand into ten grand or five grand into twenty and all that kind of good stuff where you're at now in life, what, what is it that you do? How do you do what you do? Like just to give the listeners a kind of overview of, of who Evan the biz is. I mean, I feel like, you know, making money is, is really not my drive. And the more successful I've gotten, it's not because I got a ton of money and I could just sit back. It's more about my drive is, is really just based on passion uh, for something uh, in, you know, lately, as in like the last, you know, five years, I really just, I'm on a mission to really help people and not giving people necessarily money, even though I've given away the farm to, a, I mean, probably over a hundred charities in the past, you know, few years, but uh, essentially helping, you know, people that are trying to start up businesses, young entrepreneurs. So that's my passion right now is trying to help people give back, you know, trying to help the 99% of people that, can't really sustain themselves financially. They they're dependent on working for you know companies. So essentially, I just want I really want to be a full time, you know, philanthropist and consultant to help people. So, but there's no there's really no money in that. So I'm trying to turn it into more of a, you know, a TV show where at least I can get some bills paid and pay my staff uh, by you know with the sponsors. So that's my that's my drive right now is just helping the masses because I feel like there's tons of business shows out there that aren't helping people that are starting out. They're helping people that have, you know, 50 grand, 100 grand, a million dollars to start mm. or 401k or savings. Uh, there's not many people that have that. So I need to really help people that how do you get their start? You know, how do you, you know, you, you, you don't have a pot to piss in. So that's who I want to help is people who have good ideas, the drive. I just don't have the resources. I mean, I, I like, obviously, the obvious is solving a problem, right? So I, I tell people starting out is like, what problems are you sol- are you personally able to solve? Mm. You know, so they have to look around them. Like, for instance, if, if, if they know a bunch of, they have a bunch of friends that own high-profile vehicles, for instance. They got 30 friends. They own some amazing vehicles. Maybe, maybe they own a, a fleet. So you might, you know, might want to, and maybe you're, he's good at cleaning his car. His car is always spotless and shined and waxed and he hooks them up. He throws on tint. So, so the obvious would be, Hey, do, do a, you know, a 
car wash, simonizing, detailing, accessory car company. Right. Because you have that around you mm -hmm. and you're good at that. Um, what's so the opposite is when people say, I always wanted to own a restaurant or I always want to own a food, you know, some kind of a food place. Yeah. But they have no clue about the food business. Right. Yeah. That's just dreams. Those are dreams. Yeah. And there's a difference between dreams and, and a realistic business for yourself. So you got to just look around you what what you're good at. And what's feasible for you to apply your skill to people you have direct access to. Right. And that's that's just the best way to start is just to look around you and go, that's right, it. I see that guy needs help with that. I think I can help him with that. Or even better, I know somebody who can help with that. And then just take a little cut off the top or that type of thing. That's it. Oh, wow. That's it. See, now that's something that I only started doing in the last about five, six years. Before that, I was always like, oh, no, get a job, work for somebody. Da, 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 da. I was like, wait. If I'm working for somebody, surely, uh, you know, not one step up, but maybe two, three steps up. There's a guy that just started off one day with like, oh, I can solve this problem. Who do I know who can help me? Da, 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 da. Or I want to do this thing. I think I have the skills. I need to go to this person, that person. So it's definitely, I, I would say starting out is the hardest part. Once, you, once you've already started, whether you're making money or not, at least you started. People always struggle to just get going, you know? That's right. And, and it's, everything's always just, a, you know, Everyone's always home thinking, how can I be rich? Yeah. How can I make money? And I tell everybody, stop thinking about the money. You got to think about how are you going to be, uh, you know, uh, make an impact? Mm. Why, you know, why do people want you for something? Yeah. Stop thinking about money. That's the last thing you should ever be thinking about. Yeah, no, I must admit, if you, if you start out trying to chase the money, then you're going to take bad deals. You're going to make decisions that aren't in your best favor going forward. It's, it's definitely something that, you know, a lot of people, need to think about first it's like forget about the money think about if you focus on the product and the ideal like customer or client the money will follow as long as you've got the right kind of idea you know unless it's something really really niche that you're you know only you are interested in which isn't common absolutely the money always follows when you stick to something and you do it well money always comes just got to be persistent determined resilient uh it's nearly I mean, it's nearly impossible not to make money when you're lining up your work ethic, your drive, everything. Yeah. And what keeps you motivated or what keeps you driving forward now? Because obviously, you know, you're not a young kid anymore. You're not a broke young kid. You've come a long way. I mean, I, I just set really big goals now that are nearly, <laughs> nearly impossible, um, which, like I said, is, is really to have my own you know, platform, whether it's on TV, Netflix, on a network where I can reach out to the masses and, you know, give a voice for them and, and actually speak to them and, and really help the people that need help, not so much people that already have a million dollar business that are turning into $10 million. I want to help people that have a million dollar idea, but have no money. Uh, because there's there's probably a whole lot more of that. There's plenty of people with great ideas uh, that just don't have resources. Mm. So I'm I'm trying to tackle the impossible by, you know, just getting out there, just getting a bigger voice, being able to reach a whole lot more people, and uh, obviously building credibility. You know, people don't want to talk to somebody just because they were successful. But you got to be known to some degree. Yeah. So I'm putting myself out there. Uh, I'm, I'm here in front of you. Yeah. You know, 
I'm everywhere. So I'm just trying to be everywhere and uh, let people know that, um, you know, I'm going to be the, the big, the voice, the, the big shark, the big prophet. Yeah. But for people that really need the help that are starting out. So I've listened to, I would say probably about three episodes of your podcast. And it seems like you've have quite an interest in crypto. You spoke to the, some of that owned a crypto bank. You spoke to the people that started Supermoon, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, judging by your kind of history of like, you like to flip things, you like investments, all that kind of stuff. How do you view crypto and how long have you been involved in the space? Well, that's interesting. So, and that, and actually crypto does interest me. That's why you saw it on a few of the most recent interviews. And I'm, I'm not invested in crypto at all. Right. I, I was the guy that always is like, I would never invest in some invisible money, yeah. uh, invisible stock. I thought it was insane. And even today, I mean, I'd be crazy to say it's not real because there's, there's billionaires, but it's still hard to wrap my head around investing into something that I can't touch, mm. see, go there. You know, who's got my money? Who's yeah. got my stock? Yeah. And listen, you know, there's some really brave or crazy people that did it, whatever you want to call it. And kudos to them. They made a ton of money. But to me, making money in crypto, you know, it's not hard work. It doesn't prepare you for being a successful business person. Right. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying that, you know, you got to hit lotto at this point to make it in crypto. You got to be able to spend a hundred and make a million, which you know, if you didn't get in early, it's hard at this point to do that. Most definitely. So anyway, I'm still fascinated by crypto. Obviously, it's not going anywhere, but I, I still find it a little odd when, you know, like Musk can just make up a crypto and then it just kind of goes through the roof. So to me, that's not so much business. That's just branding and influence and hype. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's a real, you know, it's a real way to make money and lose money. But I don't participate in it at this point, but I am exploring ways to make it, uh, I guess, a safer investment. I am talking to some companies on how to do it uh, where people that don't know a whole lot about it can maybe safely invest in it. And I wouldn't get involved unless I have you know, faith in it myself. Yeah. So I'm not pushing that envelope yet. I'm still learning more about it really deeply. But I'm not preaching crypto at all to anyone, especially if you're starting out. There's nothing you can get out of crypto, the business, uh, and turn that knowledge into, let's say, you know, flipping houses or growing out some kind of marketing business. It, it's, you know, that experience with crypto is not going to translate to starting and scaling a business. What do you invest in then? If it's if it's not crypto, if it's not the the buzzword of the time, is it mainly property that you invest in, or is it you know do you have stocks and shares? Yeah, actually, um, I don't invest in stock because okay. unless it's my stock. <laughs> so fair enough. <laughs> Best place to put it. You know, you know yourself. You trust yourself. I put it all in myself. To be honest, not to be arrogant, I just don't want to put my money on another horse, so to speak. I don't want to depend on reports, you know, drafted by some big company. Yeah. It says, hey, this quarter we're doing great. I just can't trust it. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the financials. I'm not on the inside. And 
I have a hard time putting money into things that I don't have a part of. Right. Because I'm driven. Um, I'm motivated. And anything that I'm involved with, I want to be part of the machine because um, I can trust in myself. So that's the long answer is I invest in my own businesses and property that I vet out. And I, I partner, you know, in other businesses that I vet out. Okay. So some of these partnerships and collaborations, do you mind like talking about them, like just briefly or anything, you know, just so I can kind of get an idea of what kind of stuff it is that you get yourself involved in? I mean, partnerships could be in property and other people's businesses. To be quite frank, uh, most of the businesses that I try to, or they come to me for partnership or I land, you know, find them. Yeah. They usually don't work out because I'm, I'm, I'm in full blown fast forward grind mode all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to find a partner that of equal, you know, measure the equal stamina in the grind. So that usually kills it pretty early. Um, It's not like the businesses, you know, like we started and we give up. It usually never even gets started. Yeah. Um, I usually it's, you can pretty much see right away when a partner is not at your level, Mm. not moving the way you move. Um, so partnerships are really difficult, but I always recommend them for people that are starting out that don't have all the resources, uh, don't have all the money themselves. They just got to, you know, sometimes you got to find partners to make it happen. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because I know for some people, it's difficult being a, a solo founder or starting a business on your own. It's very kind of difficult because they're like, oh, what do I do? How do I do it? And it's like for people like me and you, or, you know, mainly you, you kind of go, right this is what I have. This is what I can do. I want to get to here. And you kind of just work backwards from there. I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, I, I set the goal and then I go hard and obviously you don't always reach, reach the goal, but if you're not reaching that goal, it doesn't mean you work, you know, you work less. It just means sometimes you just have to, you know, call an audible and make some changes and adapt. And sometimes your goals have to change. You just can never be rigid. And that's part of, you know, success, I think that I've had is being fluid, completely adapting. I don't always have, you know, don't always stay to the same script. Mm. Um, You should try to be as focused as you can, but pay attention around you because there's a lot of variables in business. And that's why I, I think most businesses fail is they stick to a, a game plan too rigidly and they don't adapt because uh, adapting is just like crucial. Your environment's always changing. People change. You know, your business is changing. Everything's always changing. So being fluid, I think, is one of the keys to success, um, especially for an entrepreneur yeah. that may not have millions of money, to millions of dollars to just throw at something to fix something, you know? So what is an example of a time where you were more fluid or you had a plan and you had to kind of switch, switch your plan around in business? I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, obviously, real estate is a very, you know, secure investment and i can't tell you how many deals you know i i really i bring to the table or get to the table you know Mm. get contracts and all that that actually fall apart yeah um and it's not it's almost never me you know it's it's like it it's not you it's me no it's always it's not me it's you (laughs) and it's usually the a lawyer goofs it up you know a realtor group you know goofs it up in Mm -hmm. some way the seller goofs it up. It's always something. Or through diligence, 
I find out there's something wrong, you know, there's a buried oil tank, you know, so that'll have some environmental factors later. There's always something. And, and that's because I am thorough and I do, I really go hard. I go in, you know, I, I, I stalk a neighborhood, yeah. you know, I'll go there in the middle of the night. I want to see what's going on at night. Mm. I want to see what's going on in the morning. I'm going to hang out there. You know, there was one property that, you know, it was the dream. And I was like, why is it, you know, man, it's not so expensive. I'm getting a great deal. So I said, I, this got to be something wrong. So I just kind of camped out there for hours. And then I heard this, I felt this vibration. I'm like, what the hell what's going on here? And it was like this rickety train that goes through this area every so often. Oh no. Yeah. And that thing was wild. I mean, I'm like, that thing is not only loud, but that's moving my car. Like, damn. Yeah. What's that like in the house? It must be worse in the house. What? The? Yeah. Like what is glasses going to fall over? Like picture frames are going to be falling, you know, babies falling. Like what's going on? So yeah, I, 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 I do my diligence. So, so obviously I pull out of deals as well when I, I figure out something's not right. Um, so the point is, is that's being, you know, fluid. It's not just looking at the numbers. Sometimes everything makes sense on paper, but in the real world, it doesn't. So I pull out of a, you know, a ton of deals um, when even they, you know, they, everything kind of looks good or, or I infuse something in the deal to try to make sure it's legit. And that throws somebody off, and I'm, and and that tells me, oh boy, there's something wrong. And then they pull out because they realize they've been, you know, they've been uh, found out. You know, something. Oh God, he got us. He he realized something. So they usually get run <laughs> when when I expose the truth. You know. Fair enough. So would you say you have like a kind of like your own rule book for things you're looking for when you have a, a good deal in front of you? So you you know it needs to hit. X amount of numbers, Y amount of numbers. And when I check out in person, it needs to do, you know, ABC type thing. Yeah, that's really, I mean, you know, you got to do the math and then you also got to use your heart and you got to use your, your gut after the math makes sense. And so for me, it's got to, you know, it really has to go through a few criterias um, when most people just use the math, I feel. And that gets them in trouble because math isn't going to always give you a win in business. It's, it's never just the math, you know? Because I feel like sometimes for some people, they they really, you know, it's like you said earlier, people, I want to get rich, I want to get rich, I want to get rich. It's like, if you forget about being rich and you just focus on, you know, what feels good in inside for you, you know, what what is driving you, you could definitely make it, you know, to a better place than you are now. I feel like a lot of people just, if you're constantly, you know, searching for the money, searching for the money, you go work for someone for, you know, 14 pounds and or $14 an hour, should we say? And you go, oh yeah, I'll put $7 down now. Okay. I've stacked up. I've got like seven grand now. Okay. What are you going to do with that seven grand? Oh, I'm going to go buy some Gucci socks or something. It's like, why would you do that when you could turn that money into more money? Exactly. You just always got to, you got to just think about prioritizing your budget if that's important to you, if you just want to blow your money, then that's, and that keep, that makes you happy. Then you can just work for, for blowing your money, you know, work for those Gucci jeans and, and glasses. Everyone really just should just do what they're passionate about. You know, you got to make a choice in life. You got to say, do I want to do something that's going to make me more money or do I want to do something that makes me feel good and uh, possibly make a whole lot less money? Right. So that's a choice you have to make 
pretty much day one uh, when you're starting off in your career. You, you just got to make that choice because, you know, there's obviously ways you can make more money, but you may not feel good about it. You may, you may feel sick inside. You may hate waking up every day. But the money is, if the money's more important, then go for it. But I, I'm trying to just tell people, do what you're passionate about. Try to figure out a way to monetize from it. And you can wake up every day with this great, you know, energy and, and just look forward to it. And, um, and that's the way I feel every day. I wake up like early. I just want to, I want to grind. I want to tackle my new challenge. Do you have like a, a morning routine or anything that you, you do every morning? I mean, it's, it's not so much routine. It's just really every morning I, I do my research, you know, I'm always on that research grind because, you know, now you got the internet and it's at your fingertips. So I just do my research. I got to physically, you know, do something, you know, you know, when you move and you, and you get your, your juices flowing, everything kind of flows. So I always, you know, I'm a proponent of, you know, you know, grind your body too. And I'm not this, you know, cocky, I'm not Vin Diesel or anything, but walk, you know, run, ride a bike, do something physical. It also gets your mind going and don't always get stuck in the, in the internet researching and, and, you know, on Google, uh, cause you can get lost. I get lost in that crap. I'm like, damn, I've been on here for like an hour and a half. Like I gotta get, you know, disconnect and, you know. Yeah. One of our previous guests, Hector, his episode came out a few weeks back. He has a company where you go to a cabin and you lock your phone in a box and you just <laughs> be at one with nature. And it's like digital detoxing. And, you know, in the process of our conversation, I was kind of like, how do most people survive with that? And he's like, some people struggle when they unlock their phone after the first day. But I definitely feel like there needs to be a push for people to just put their phones down for a set period of time and just forget about it. Because, yeah, it's useful. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't feel like we're meant to be connected 24-7, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to be a human if you're fully connected digitally. And I think that's, you know, society is is getting pretty much dehumanized, if you ask me. Because everyone's just all digitally connected, all looking at the same thing. Everyone's having the same ideas. Uh, it's getting kind of stagnant. So disconnecting, I think, is crucial for, you know, getting our mind to just elevated into another space and creatively and just thinking differently and thinking with more emotion and less branding in your face, just hitting you all day. Yeah. You know, uh, everyone's getting brainwashed. Yeah. That's what I said to him. I said, why would you want to wake up every morning and fill your head with someone else's thoughts? Because that's all the internet is. It's other people's thoughts. It's not its own thing. It's every, everybody on there is pushing their own agenda, showing you the best of the best or trying to make you feel the worst of the worst because they feel the worst of the worst. And it's like now, when I was younger, everyone wanted to be a rapper or a football player or, you know, an athlete, that type of thing. And now it's like everyone wants to be a content creator. And I'm like, but why? What is your thing? Because although certain people don't realize it, most content creators that are up there now had their own personal interests beforehand. Whether it was, you know, Logan Paul with he wanted to be funny, but I don't personally find it that funny. But he was funny to some people. Casey Neistat loved filmmaking trying to think of more influencer type people, but you, you get the idea. Kim Kardashian was obsessed with celebrity, which is in and of itself a very strange thing that, you know, she was obsessed with being famous and that's what made her more famous. And now her whole brand is just to be famous. Right. I'm glad you uh, brought that up. So, yeah, I mean, the content creator aspiration, you know, you got to hit lotto. And what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of the most successful 
content creators that make real money and monetize, they made it in the real world first. Mm. You know, Kim Kardashian, for example, you know, she was big in the real world first. The Rock, you know, Kevin Hart, you know, I don't know, go through all the lists of the of the most influential, most monetized, you know, Instagrammers and social medias. And they are, you know, they're very successful in the real world first. And these other influencers that were never known in the real world, you know, some of them get lucky. Mm. You know, they just they started early, they got a huge following mm. and they monetized it. But that's rare. You know, that's not the real world. You know, most content creators are not making any money. Yeah. Even, uh, you know, I've consulted quite a few of them. Uh, and some of them, you know, they had millions of followers, hundreds of thousands of views on each of their pieces of content, whether it was an Instagram posting or Twitter or fake, you know, whatever. Yeah. They'd have hundreds of thousands. And they're making like, you know, 30 grand a year. I'm like, what? You know, I mean, are you happy with, with yourself? Are you good doing your content creation all day long and night and making your 30 grand? And most of them are not, right. you know, they're trying to figure out how to make money from it. And it's not easy to do that. Uh, so the short story is, yeah, making content is, is cool and, and it could be fun and it should be considered a hobby until you truly know how to monetize. Yeah. And that's a whole different story. That's that's a business. Yeah. And that that requires investing your money into your if you're doing it trying to be a content creator, you got to invest in that. Mm. You got to advertise it. You got to spend thousands, tens of thousands, hundred thousands, whatever you invest in it, mm. you're lucky to get back, yeah. right? Or turn or triple it. So yeah, you could be a content creator, but you better have a lot of money if you want to make money from it and monetize. So that's my that's my take on uh, content creation. Um, let's face it, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they're all getting a ton of content for free. Yeah, and they're monetizing, and you know they're the geniuses, right? They figured out how do we turn the whole world into a bunch of free labor. Yeah, they figured it out. Yeah, because well, the, all their goal is is to keep you on the app for as long as possible. And then once you're on there, show you adverts. And I don't know what adverts you get, but certainly most of the adverts I get on any social media, I don't really care about them. I just scroll past them, but they're there. Someone's paid for that to be there, which means, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, they're making money. And it's, it's Tons. One, and that's one of those things where I feel like everybody wants to monetize their following, monetize their following. And sometimes it's not about monetizing your following. It's about building a following around whatever you already are doing. If you see what I mean. Yeah. I mean, that that's two different things is building a following and monetizing. It's totally different things. You know, you, if you're taking pictures of mountains and people come on your, your, you know, your platform to look at mountains, doesn't mean you're going to make money from it. They, they don't want to buy the mountain. They don't want to buy your photo of the mountain. Yeah. How are you really going to make money from that? So you're not making money, but the platform is going to make money because they're going to throw little ads in probably advertising some mountain climbing boots, you know? Yeah. So they're making all the money. Yeah. So, you know, content creator, not really sustaining for the majority, you know, yeah. for the majority of people, unless you put a lot of money into it. So for you, you think that content is, is, you know, best monetized through 
a lot of investment, whether that's in advertising or equipment, all that kind of stuff. That's the way forward for monetizing as a content creator. Absolutely. If you want to consider it anything a business like content creation, you have to put money into it. You have to have staff constantly advertising anything. That's that's really you know how business works. If you don't invest in it, you don't get anything you know monetarily out of it. Just you can't you know you can't take nothing and make money from it. It's rare. It happens. It's lotto. But do you want to try to hit the lotto or you know get lucky or are you trying to build a real business? You know, yeah, two different things. So, as a self-employed person and you know a, a lifelong kind of entrepreneur, how do you kind of have a stable income? Is like I guess something that a lot of people would be interested in. How do you kind of keep you know? I'm assuming you might have kids or a wife or something like that. How do you keep things stable in that money regard? Well, just like, I guess, if you want to compare it to stock market and, and portfolios, you got to have a diverse portfolio, right? So I always had pretty much a steady source of revenue with a safer kind of business. Um, and then you have, you know, you know, you have short-term money where you're making money short-term, you make, then you have long-term uh, so I've always diversified in, in you know, mon in money stream. I, I've always had that short term thing going because I got bills today, got bills tomorrow. Always had something kind of in the middle, had a long term play, and then I had my risky businesses in a sense that were more niche, um, that were in more of a risk. Yeah. So the key is you got to do it all, and even if that means working. A nine to five, because I, I mean, I've done that too. Yeah, you know, I've had to take on work uh, or projects, working for other people, you know, do a stint. Um, so, it, you know, most most of the time, I ran my own businesses, yes, but never be opposed to working a nine to five or whatever job to reach your other goal, which might be having your own business one day. So, I never hate on anyone working any job. You know, mm. I don't care if you're working in McDonald's or Target. And, and if that's, you know, you're content with that, that's beautiful. You know, you're working. If you're doing it to save for something else, it's beautiful. Um, mm. Never, you know, you always got to stay humble. But that's the, the long answer is you always got to, you got to set, you know, and then, and then your lifestyle too. Don't forget that. You know, I've always wanted to travel. I always kept traveling. I always wanted, you know. I wouldn't say materialistic things, but things, you know, I wanted to be in the front row at Yankee Stadium, yeah. the front row to watch the basketball game. Uh, and I couldn't afford it. So I made stuff happen. I, I, I did what I had. I grinded to get what I wanted. Mm. And, and, and so you also have to look at your lifestyle and see what you need in your life to be happy yeah. and build your revenue around that. You know, some people don't need much. So, you don't have to kill yourself making money. You know, do what you love. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things as well where I guess people are scared to do what they love because sometimes people feel like, oh, if I do you know, what I care about the most, it's not going to bring me the most money. It's like, but why is your goal always to make the most money? Like you're here for, you know, realistically in the, the length of the universe, you're here for the blink of an eye. Why not do something for yourself that's going to, you know, make your life better. And if you're a happy person, then you make other people's lives better. It's just that it's a constant cycle of if everyone's just out to chase money, 
money, you know, you don't die with money. You die with stories and people that remember you. Exactly. Money is really not, it's not going to make, you know, it's not going to make you happy. Um, the one thing though, I, that I can, the, the positive of money, obviously, is it does give you options. If you need options, you know, if your, 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 your passion is just playing a guitar and making some people feel your music, you don't need, you know, you don't need money for that. You can just grab the guitar and that's it. You're good to go. So again, you have to build your world of, of income around what you need. If you need big things, you're going to need a lot of income. So you better grind hard, you know? So do you have any advice to uh, our lovely listener slash listeners about how to just stay grinding? How do you, how do you, how do you teach someone how to grind? Like what is the, the process that, that Evan will tell somebody like, this is how you grind like me? Well, I feel like a lot of people cannot be taught how to grind, but don't take offense. You should use those words as fuel to say, you know what? I can grind. Good. Then prove it and do it. So I think it's in people innately. You know, there's grinders out there and then there's, you know, lazy. Yeah. Right. And it's easy to be lazy. I mean, most humans, we, we can easily just be lazy. Mm. Uh, I feel like grinding, it takes passion. It takes heart. You know, you got to want to do it. So I feel like you got to set incentives for yourself for you to grind like is your goal to buy a boat for for ten thousand dollars you go to buy a yacht for one million so you have to why do you need money mm. you know you have to tell yourself why am i grinding why why am i gonna grind why am i gonna you know sweat what am i sweating for yeah you may not have to sweat for anything maybe you need just you know just working to, to have a ten dollar meal somewhere yeah you know everyone has their own standards so you just have to psych yourself into grinding yeah. uh, and, and tell yourself, why, why do I need to make this amount of money? Why do I need to make a hundred thousand? Do I want a house? Why do I need to, you know, so then I need a hundred thousand maybe to put the down, the down payment. You have to just set your goal and grind. And that's to me, you got to psych yourself into that grind. How And who do you look at? Like, you know, I'm assuming everybody has someone they look up to or somebody that kind of, motivates them to do what they're doing do you have any kind of people you look up to or that you follow that kind of keep you in this zone i really don't uh i'm not a fan of pretty much anything <laughs> oh okay um and I'm, i don't know not to sound rude or cold obviously there's some really prolific people that have motivated me that really have nothing to do with business yeah. they're just great you know life inspirations whether it be you know people in family or just prolific people in history. Mm. Um, I think, you know, just educating yourself on non-business, you know, uh, prolific inspirational people will actually have a, give you a, just a better state of mind to do anything. Right. But I don't really look towards any, anyone because I feel like the motivation has to really lie within yourself. Right. Um, you know, a trainer at the gym can give you some, advice and give you some motivation but it ultimately it, it it's in you to wake up and go to the gym early and then when you're done with your trainer you got to still keep doing the things that the trainer taught you mm. so it the motivation has to be in in yourself you can psych yourself into thinking 
someone's going to motivate you. Mm. Uh, but again, that's psych. It's where all it's whatever works for you. You know, for me, it's myself. I got to motivate myself. I want to, I know I want my family to, to live a good life, you know, and I, and I need to work hard for the family. I know it's important to create jobs. Uh, so I want to always have businesses to create jobs. Um, it's important. Nice. So do you ever kind of think to yourself, right, I'm, I'm working so hard. I'm doing all this. I'm doing all that. What if one day it kind of just gets like too much? How do you stop yourself from like burning out? I mean, for me, uh, burnout is a cop out, so to speak. I feel that, I mean, we are tooled with amazing, you know, features as a, as a human being. I think, you know, uh, what is it? The brain we only use, I don't know what, the, you know, 5% of it. That just tells you right there, like, you know, we're not even using most of our, our tools. Burnout is just a, a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you know, are you getting stressed from what you're doing? I could do something for, you know, five sec- seconds and get totally stressed out from it. Uh, that to me is burnout, but that's because I'm stressed the hell out mm. from something that annoys me. Um, and then I could do something 16 hours of work mm. and it doesn't feel like work. You know, I'm passionate about it. Um, it's challenging. It's keeping my blood boiling. Mm. So it's all perspective. You know, what's burnout to you? Okay, judging by that, you you don't get burnout. You don't believe in burnout. But is there any advice you would give to your like younger self, the younger Evan? What would you say to him? I don't know. I don't regret any of my you know my journey, even with all the failures. I think those failures really helped me through the successes. Um, one thing that's helped me through my life, I can say, is disconnecting, uh, traveling outside of my environment. You know, for me, it was you know, getting out of the country. For me, it was tropical kind of paradise where everything, the whole mood forces you to relax, you know? Um, So I needed to disconnect pretty much early, very early. I I started traveling and going to tropical paradises Uh, and, and you could do it in an affordable way. I mean, they had these, I mean, I know I was, I think I was like 19, I went on this tropical, you know, paradise type trip and it was like, it was cheap. It was like the airfare, the hotel, all inclusive. So mm. there's ways to do it. Yeah. If, if that's what you like. Uh, but that's what, that's what I recommend is the disconnecting. It doesn't have to be in another country on an island, but it could just be, you just have to leave your environment. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes your environment uh, might lead to that burnout. I never let it get to that point because I always knew how to disconnect. Uh, so maybe I, I, I'm fortunate enough to, to, you know, understand that early enough where I just need to leave. I need to go somewhere that's not here, where a million things are happening around me, uh, so I can change my my speed up, and I can slow down, and uh, and 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 just kind of reboot. Yeah. So that's what I recommend to everyone: is leave your environment. Um, it could be the a town over, it could be a state over country over leave your environment and all the things around you that that typically make you grind and keep you like on your toes so yeah detox and disconnect and uh and change your speed up um to give you know just to rejuvenate 
here's where to find Evan. I mean, the easiest place to get everything is mindyourbiz.biz. And that's uh, mindyourbiz.biz. And usually from there, you can get, you know, go to all the social medias and go crazy, whichever floats your boat, you know. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.